All right, we're good to go, guys. Damn, we're live. Are we live? We are live. Welcome to the List Podcast. No pros, no sponsors, just three aging skaters desperately clinging to their youth. Today, the whole issue of corporate versus core skate brands. I think probably particularly with a focus on footwear, but we can kind of talk about implications in other areas of the industry and culture as well, right? Yeah, I think uh, corporate versus core at its core is a pretty heavy hitting issue. It sort of stems from how skateboarding works with capitalism uh, as a very broad generic comment. And then, you know, from there, it goes into a whole bunch of different things. To me, the whole issue is kind of predicated on what I think is kind of like a flawed conception of what skateboarding is. Because at its essence, skateboarding is an industry, right? Like we, we like to think of it as a culture and a community and all these things. But to me, that's just like the, the cumulative impact of like decades of really good marketing, you know, um, like this is an industry. It was built as an industry. It was like a product that was sold and packaged and and like that package kind of has shifted over time but um it seems to me that a lot of really amazing things have grown out of it and a lot of people's lives have been changed for the better because of it and and like you know that from things that i've said in the past that um i do think skateboarding can be an important tool for kind of broadening your understanding of the world and, and learning to, to interact with the world and in a different, more authentic in some ways manner. But all of that stuff stems from a commercial industry that exists to sell product. And uh, I think when you look at it that way, it kind of changes the dynamic between core and corporate and skater and company and you know, all of that stuff. Yeah, it's a good place to start. Unless you're a manufactured boy band, it's typically born out of finding creativity, you're trying to solve a problem. But like everything else that falls within this, you know, capitalistic framework, you're, you have a product that you're pushing, right? Uh, John, to your point, and sure, it nurtures and it blossoms and grows and, you know, whether it's in control or out of control, People have money and they spend that money to buy skateboard products, the actual skateboard itself. And then obviously the, you know, apparel and footwear and everything that accompanies it. When you have something start with the original, you know, OG people that, or, you know, companies or individuals that have the claim to making the industry what it is from the very, you know, foundational sort of starting blocks and then it grows into something else, where do they fit or where does ownership of skateboarding end up? I mean, we're all skateboarders and we all have a, you know, a say. I think sometimes when people talk about skateboarding in terms of you know, how it started, it's almost treating like a commodity in and of itself, right? And then you have the creators having or trying to maintain control over something where they want to be the only ones to have a say, perhaps, you know, one way to look at it. And then when other people are trying to come in and get a share of it, there's that feeling that, hey, you don't belong. 
and you didn't start this and now you're only coming into it, you know, to skateboarding to turn a profit, you know, the, the profiteering aspect. I listened to a recently, actually an interesting podcast and it talked about the dot-com boom and Netscape and how Silicon Valley was at one point filled with really eager and enthusiastic uh, developers and programmers. And then after I think the Netscape IPO, it was a completely different change in and around San Francisco where people in khaki pants, I think as that podcast (laughs) said, um, came in and all they had, you know, in their head and in their eyes was dollar signs and how to profit and exploit and, and become millionaires. And I feel like, again, back to this whole controllable pointer, when it starts off, yes, it's an industry. There's a degree of passion, I think, and creativity that initially like, you know, Hey, if it, if this is something that works or we can break even and make something fun and keep doing what we love doing, that's awesome. And then once it takes off, outsiders that then come in and then try and say, oh yeah, this is, this is amazing. We can definitely make this work on a mass you know, market scale. And I guess the pushback of that from the original core members, if you want to call it that, right? The creators. I think that's one of the places where it's very evident, this corporate versus core you know, tension that arises. I guess a few things that was just crossing my mind. I guess the second that you just say it's an industry, it's already corporate, yeah. right? The second that money's involved, yeah. it's already corporate marketing and so on. So in the end, I don't think there's a really a core that exists beyond, as you mentioned, like, you know, maybe the Netscape or the core founders and so on. And like these people trying to take ownership of over something, it's just like a, a monopoly in a mm-hmm. sense, right? Speaking like corporate wise. I'm not sure where I really want to go with this, but I think it's just everybody being really in love with it <laughs> in terms of the core founders. And they just want to ensure that it doesn't go in, it, like take a wrong path in a sense. Yeah. If you think of it as like a child or something, you know, you want to make sure it goes the correct path and you're taking care of it and doesn't get like all just focused on satisfying shareholders in terms of increasing revenues and so on and so forth. So, but then the thing is that like, as every kid knows, parents don't know shit. Right. So, I mean, and I, I, like I say that jokingly, but, um, but there is like an element of truth to it, right? Like that you lay out a path, but uh, you know, like that, that path makes sense from your perspective, but it it might be meaningless for someone else. Right. So, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, especially if we talk about like skateboarding and everything's based on the youth, right? So like three middle-aged men talking about this right now, is already something strange and probably like the people who are leading or evolving or taking to the next step are teenagers. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. Like I kind of think of it when, when you guys were talking about it um, in ownership and things like that, I, it's almost akin to like a, like an aesthetic philosophy. Like I, like I think of like music, for example, right. And, and like a musician can have a particular meaning in mind when they're writing a song. And then, you know, that whole song is crafted around this particular meaning and then they release it and the, the listeners might have a completely different interpretation of that song. And then, 
um, you know, who's to say in that case, who's right? Because yeah, like there was definitely intention to make something that meant a certain thing, but if someone else can interpret it differently, then obviously those things are in there somewhere too. And, uh, you know, it depends on your way of thinking about it. But to me, the truth is kind of somewhere in between, right? Like that there is a different levels of legitimacy, I guess, to the different arguments, but there's a little bit of truth to all of them. And one thing that, that I kind of think about, and uh, like you guys know, I, I, um, I spent some time running a very very uh, small and unsuccessful board brand. And uh, so it's not like, you know, I wouldn't say that it was even really uh, like a, a part of the industry or anything like that, but it was kind of, I don't know, like I kind of reflect on that. And I, I think of, I think there are kind of two sides. There's like the corporate sign where it's like about profit. Right. And then there's the core side where it's about ego you know, like it's either you're making the product because you think you can exploit this opportunity in the market and make some money, or you're making the product because for whatever reason, you think that you've got something that somebody else needs to see. And, you know, like there's not necessarily a, a, a good or bad side there, you know, um, but. I don't know if I interpreted that correctly or not, but so tell me if it's wrong, but I think it's, everybody just trying to portray or express their view of skateboarding, right? And then having people buy into that in a sense and be that core or corporate. Yeah. Yeah. And it's defined by society or I don't know. Everybody. Yeah. And, and like your, the, the motivation behind it, like, it's like, I don't know, we like to imagine the, we like to imagine that like the, the, the quote unquote, core brands are a bunch of like super awesome people who just love skateboarding and you know create these things because they just they know that it's gonna inspire someone and like keep them skating or, or get them skating or, or whatever and then the corporate companies are just these sort of faceless profit-driven sort of evil overlords trying to cash in on our thing right but the truth is more uh, you know, it's, it's a whole lot blurrier than that. You've got corporate companies that their interest is making money, like their goal is to profit, but they, they go about it in really positive ways, right? And then you've got, you know, the, the quote unquote core brands that are run by people who, you know, maybe their motive is the same, right? Like maybe they just want to cash in too, or uh, like maybe they just think they're awesome and have to share what they have with the world or uh, like, I think it's erroneous to look at it like a good side, bad side kind of thing. And, and more like, um, mm -hmm. I don't know, you got to look at a whole lot of factors, like the, the net impact of the, of that company's presence in skateboarding is something to consider too. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think what you're talking about actually leads in well in terms of like the footwear discussion, right? Like what you talked about in terms of like corporate footwear and what they're doing for skateboarding or not doing for skateboarding versus like core footwear um and who really understands and as actually helping out the skateboarding community and so on like i think yeah. that's maybe a nice segue <laughs> yeah absolutely like well and that's that, like that's another thing that i think about and to be fair to everybody i don't i'm not up on this stuff like i don't know 
exactly what companies are involved in what ways in their communities and things like that. So I'm not, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. Just thinking back on things that I've seen over the years, Nike had that pride campaign with Leo Baker and Brian Anderson, right? Levi's did that program where they were building skate parks in like indigenous communities across the States and stuff like that. And you've got these corporate companies that, yeah, like they're there to make money. And I'm sure a lot of this stuff is motivated by PR and and whatever else, but they're also accomplishing some really positive things. Right. And, and I haven't seen that same kind of thing from, from the core brands. Like I said, like I could be wrong. Like there's a lot that I, I don't know. But that kind of activism and stuff that you would typically associate with true skateboarders instead of like the the corporate companies, it seems to be flipped in the actual mm-hmm. industry, right? Mm-hmm. So, Go I was going to say, I think they have marketing budgets, for example, larger than you know gross sales of some of these smaller companies. So they can do definitely they can do more, right? You know, in terms of making you know having these large campaigns and and making a meaningful impact. On, on right yeah, on the on the skate community yeah which which is like it's a really interesting thing because you've got so many factors to consider but if you're thinking about actual impact right like the fact that they have that budget and they have the resources to do those things because of money that they've made outside of skateboarding like does that actually matter you know what i mean like i like if they're using it to then support skateboarding or support communities who have been, you know, marginalized at large and within skateboarding, you know, that's pretty great in, in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. I think there's like a whole mishmash of thoughts. I think that come to mind when you're trying to wrestle with this issue, because it's, it impacts on a whole bunch of different things reflecting off of what John and, and Jin, I guess you guys were saying earlier about meaning and meaning ultimately coming from the people that are actually doing it and not really the ones who initially conceived of it, although the ones who initially conceived of it or came up with it are still doing it as well. So they're, it's not like they're removed from the equation, but, and this might seem like another point for team corporate over here for, if we're, I don't know if we're even keeping tally like core versus corporate, but on the corporate side, I would say one thing that I agree with and whether it's corporate or I guess it's any third party or someone else coming in. When you have OG core brands, again, footwear is a great example, but look at board brands as well, right? You know, Paul Peralta, Santa Cruz, even with trucks. It's like, when are you allowed, you know, when skateboard royalty, that whole old guard, when do they allow for new companies or new players to come in? And in that regard, it's almost like you have this small number of companies or individuals, you know, entities within skateboarding or any industry for that matter, but try to monopolize and steer it in a certain direction. And that go, runs contrary to think to, again, what we were all talking about in terms of where meaning ultimately derives from, you know, the, the people that are actually doing it, not the ones who are dictating that. But having said all that, it's almost like once they're losing hold of it, this argument comes up that, oh yeah, you know, we're not the ones selling out because the sellouts are the, are the ones that, you know, are coming in and doing it solely for the money, even though we've just illustrated that, you know, there's a lot of different ways that these big corporations are contributing to skateboarding, but 
another way of saying it is, and this is again on the plus side for why corporate makes sense, is that are you trying to legitimize or keep you know smaller businesses small forever? Like you're almost saying, okay, we have cred, but the goal is never to make it big because once you make it big, you've sold out. So, you know, and it isn't, doesn't that stifle creativity or doesn't that, doesn't that limit the participation in skateboarding? I guess that's what I have a problem with, you know, on the, on the side of, with any industry that starts off and then it's a small group of people trying to run it and trying to call the shots and then branding themselves as core. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, but, but having said that, right, on the, on the flip side, it's, I think the core brands, uh, uh, you know, again, a point for Team Core is that it keeps us grounded because a lot of them are run by skaters, built by skaters who genuinely love skateboarding. And there's that connection there, which is not, you know, which is not just profit first. Like a lot of it is genuinely skateboarding first. So it does keep the big blood-sucking mega corporation we're gonna use that templeton's you know toy machines uh words it it does keep them in check to a certain degree i'm kind of going to be talking out of both sides of my mouth tonight because i like I, i really do have mixed feelings on it and like one of the other things that i see in skating is a lot of skaters who ride for major footwear brands like nike or adidas vans cons like they these are the skaters who then have the resources to turn around and start up like indie deck brands right and to me like you know again like i'm I'm kind of biased but I, i feel like a lot of skateboarding's identity comes from decks right like from comes from those companies and everything else is kind of ancillary like it's it's or like it the shoes that a skater wears mean less to me than the deck that a skater rides and as a skater myself the boards that i ride are like bigger decisions than the shoes that i wear like i um i I don't know it's uh i just feel like like there's a lot to it right like with the board like you've got uh, you know the the way that a company presents itself, the messages they choose to send through their artwork, the general aesthetic, the shapes, like everything about it communicates something about their take on skateboarding, their take on the world. And um, with shoes, it, it just doesn't hit me that same way. And I think like in that way, like for, for people who don't kind of believe in corporate involvement or see it as problematic or whatever, there's almost like this Robin Hood element to it where you've got these skaters who are getting these big contracts from these major brands and then turning around and creating, you know, these small independent things that support skaters who, you know, look different and skate different and um, offer something, I think, more substantial to the culture that surrounds the industry. I'm all for, for corporate footwear and, and core hard goods, right? If there's, shoe company who's willing to throw money at someone who's then able to take that money, turn it around and create something that actually sends a message and promotes uh, like a mindset and things like that. Like that's a valuable tool to me. Boards keep you cool while the shoes pay the bills, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, but also like the other, the other thing about this is that like most of the best skate shoes are just 
ripoffs of non-skate shoes by these other brands, right? Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, like a lot of the best skate shoes are just like bootleg dunks or bootleg campus or like something like that. So then like on that end of it, like if, if you're offering to the culture is like an imitation of something that's already existing, then, you know, like, why is it, why is it so important to preserve that? Right. But Yeah, it's pretty ironic, especially with all the shoes that, that have developed. Like, you know, you look at all the classic 90s, you know, so we'll just, you know, pick Soltech, for example, right? The S um, shoes that, that Costin helped design, for example. And it's no secret, he's a huge Nike fan. A lot of the shoes, especially his pro model shoes, obviously, right? That have a very uh, big influence from the shoes that, that matter to him and the shoes that he likes. And I think that's consistent with a lot of the different, whether it's pro models or skate shoes have uh, come up through the ages, whether you're talking about, you know, Soltech shoes or DC or Osiris. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was just going to talk about shoes in terms of like nineties or maybe early two thousands. Like even if they were ripoffs, I think at that point being core and being a ripoff of a corporate brand was still cool in the sense that they made it a skate shoe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like more skatable than what the original may be. So like all the puffy stuff and so on and so forth. But like, I think that's when the core uh, team or whatever we're going to call it, like had, had a head start in the sense that they understood what their consumers, I hate to use this <laughs> kind of phrase, but like what the consumers wanted. Right. So like they're trying to meet mm-hmm. the demand in terms of like good footwear for skateboarding. And like, that was cool and core. But as we like evolve through 20 years later, like right now, I don't know, with all the Volks and cardboard shoes that break in one or two days, like I think the line between what a good skate shoe is and so on and so forth has been like really diminished and not as clear as it was before. (laughs) Yeah. So in that sense, it's like up for everybody in the sense like anybody can go for it now. Right. And yeah. I, I was going to ask you, like, I wanted to throw this question out because I, I, I'm curious about it. For you guys, what's your favorite shoe that you've ever skated? I, I have a few that come to mind, but I always think about iPath. Um, I, I, I miss my Grasshoppers or the Cricket or the 1985, like with the Kenny Reeds. Yeah, just in general, iPath, I really enjoy yeah. it. And I guess the first Costin was also shoe that i used a lot in terms of maybe skating it three or four times yeah so those come to mind right now i'm sure a lot more will come up but yeah what like what was it about those shoes in particular that that just worked for you i guess it's like the full marketing thing right like for ipath at least i love the team i love the way everybody skated and kenny reed being one of my i guess favorite skaters too like looking up to him in terms of Maybe if I wear those shoes, can I tray fit like that too? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Nate Jones, like oh, Nate, oh, man. man. Yeah. Like just yeah. His kick flips and tray flips too, and those grasshoppers. Yeah. They look so cool. Like, yeah. So it's just something that I thought probably unconsciously that I want to be like that, you know? Right. Yeah. And and did you find like they like did they deliver? Like like they they were like quality, like you found you could skate well in them and they like they they felt good and 
Yeah, I mean, compared to some of the other shoes, I, I felt like they lasted longer. Although the laces ripped pretty quickly, um, maybe the soles wore out. But overall, I felt like they lasted pretty long. Yeah, because I definitely wasn't into shoes that would wear out in a day or two in terms of like ollie holes and so on. So, yeah. 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 What about you, sir? Oh, it's so tough. Sometimes I feel like the current shoe I'm skating is always the best one, but <laughs> looking back in terms of first loves, I guess it would be the Soltech shoes, the Jamie Thomas pro model, the America one and the rubber toe cap and the, it was a cup sole, but the sole was super gummy and it was amazing. Some of the shoes that really stand out, I really like the Lakai Howard selects. Those are really good. I skated half caps for a bit. Like I would buy, you know, two, three, four pairs, like just one after the other. They did wear out really quick though. But lately, I would say, apart from those red New Balance that helped me switch tray, um, <laughs> it would be the Adidas Booznitz that really stand out for me. I've had, I guess, four or five pairs, six pairs now. And that's more, you know, recently. I mean, the Booznitz Pro model. I've had the Booznitz ADV as well. That one's really good. Yeah, I haven't been able to switch off of the Adidas. And it's just one shoe that I keep going back to. If it was... Yep, starting up 90s, and probably yeah, the, my, the first skate shoe, the America Jamie Thomas Pro Model. Yeah, I, I was just curious about it because I know, like, I, I had some bad experiences with, with skate shoes. Like, I just, I don't know what it was. Like, I if it was just poor purchases or, like, the era, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, I skated a bunch of different shoes. Like, I skated globes and vans and s and i don't know I, I can't even remember all the different ones dvs i just didn't i always seemed to have trouble like i like i always felt like i was blowing through them super fast and i just i couldn't find one that i really really liked and then um i was actually skating kai sokas that i, I got from from eugen they like they felt good like i, I like those shoes and they like but again like they're kind of like wearing through quick and stuff and and i was talking to I was talking to someone about skate shoes and it was around that time that like Nike was really building steam. And like this guy was ta talking about the dunks and, and he's the one who mentioned it to me. He was like, yeah, but like, look at the shoes you're wearing. Like those are, they're just dunks without the swoosh. Like I looked at the shoe and I was like, yeah, you're, you're right. Like it looks, it looks a lot like a dunk. I ended up getting a pair of, of not SB dunks, just standard dunks and skating them. And like, they were amazing in terms of like comfort and board feel and like the way that they skated, like they were, they just felt really good. Like they blew through really fast too, but uh, like they, they just felt good. And uh, like at that time, I just fell out of love with skate shoes. Like I just, uh, you know, I, I realized, or, or for me anyway, like I had this pair of shoes that wasn't a pair of skate shoes. It skated just as well, or it skated better and wasn't really any less durable than the skate shoes I had had before. And yeah, I started just skating a lot of non-skate shoes. I think that had a big influence on my kind of take on the, on the, the footwear anyway, for like the, the corporate versus core discussion, because, uh, you know, why was I going to go to the skate shop and like get vibed out by like all the people working there and then pay 125 bucks for a new pair of skate shoes when I could like go to Foot Locker and like go to the sale rack and, and find some shoes that worked just as well. You know? So that was like kind of a, a turning point, I guess, for me, where, where it was like less about like, all right, I got to have the SBs or I got to get like the, 
you know, whatever, whatever that was and more about like shoes in general. And just like, if the shoe is kind of structured like a classic trainer or tennis shoe, it's probably going to skate pretty well. And um, like, I'll, I'll give that a shot. But Yeah. I feel like once the Volks started coming in, it uh, was more and more of an issue of shoes just getting destroyed really quickly, at least for me. Yeah. All the holes and everything. So Vans don't really work too well for me. And I, I just remember, <laughs> sorry, completely random thing. I just remember in some podcast or something, Tim O'Connor was totally shitting on iPads. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he said there were worst shoes ever, basically like cardboard shoes. So I don't know, maybe it's personal preference too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just a random thing there. But in terms of shoes, like if you think about it too, right? These bigger companies and everything, they've been in the game for a while. They understand feet, athletics, sports, whatever. So maybe the first few years they don't get it. But after that, with some feedback from pros and so on, yeah, I feel like they're probably going to create shoes that work well and if needed last well, like Nike zoom trays that I I don't know if they make those anymore. Probably not, but yeah yeah <laughs> those are like the ones that yeah yeah they look like spider webs right yeah those are the ones, yeah those are... or like a net or something yeah, yeah. yeah. actually i actually ordered a pair of those shoes when i first saw those shoes i was like those things are hideous and then <laughs> i just i saw them again and again and i was like they're so fucked up looking i think i'm gonna get a pair and i uh i went online and ccs just like happened to have some crazy sale on them so i ordered a pair and uh, then I ended up getting an email saying that like they couldn't ship to Canada. And so I never actually got them. Uh-huh. But <laughs> all this stuff said, and like, there's definitely some recency bias here, but I'm currently skating a pair of DC legacy slims mm-hmm. and I like, I got them. So I'll, I'll tell a bit of the story, I guess, but um, the three of us were actually online talking about skate shoes, like chatting about skate shoes. And I, as a joke, like I was talking about how I'm, how I'm old and I need extra cushioning and stuff like that. And so as a joke, I went on the DC website and I was going to look up like, cause I, I knew they had reissued some of their older, like moon boot kind of shoes. And so I was looking for like the Stevie Williams and I, I think I sent you guys a link to those. And I was like, Oh, maybe I should get a pair of these or something like that. And then as I'm on the site, like I just started scrolling through and they had this ridiculous sale on, on these legacy slims so i ended up getting like a a pair of legacy legacy slims for like 30 bucks after 30 bucks canadian after tax and shipping so i was like sure like i'll i'll give them a shot for that price right and and they're amazing like they they might be my favorite shoe that i've ever skated like the suede is tough like it's it's lasting they've got like enough cushioning that i feel comfortable but not like you know, uh, like I still feel the board. They, they feel like secure on my foot. Like they just feel like really good shoes to skate in. Um, so I, I know that's kind of contradictory to everything else I've said. I also don't really consider DC to be like a core brand. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm currently in love with those shoes. But there's this whole '90s nostalgia, right, of all the '90s shoes that are that are coming back. I think it's also interesting that there once was a time before Nike and Adidas and I mean, fans always, I guess was there, but in terms of the big, you know, market share, New Balance, I guess as as well, but I don't think anywhere near as big as Nike and and Adidas. 
I don't have the stats in front of me, but there was a time when, you know, these core shoes, I guess, dominated the market because that's what it was. And I, I wanted those, like I wanted S, right? I wanted uh, Americas. Um, I would have been cool with Duffs as well. Never really skated DCs, but, and then I don't know if it's because maybe a combination of a lot of things, but like Nike tried a few times to come into the market, right? Two or three times, I think. And in the jump off a building video, I think Bam Margera was either flowed or sponsored by Nike at the time. And I think even in one of the Love Park clips, he wears this model called the Chode. And you know, Nike sort of foray into skateboarding at that time. I guess when was that? 98, I think? 97, 98 was, yeah, big. I mean, it didn't work out. My mom used to work for Nike. And so I had the, the privilege of looking at the Nike shoe catalogs and, and stuff. So, you know, cool dunks and all that stuff. But they had a, a section skateboarding and it was just two shoes, I think two models, one called the Chode, one called, I can't remember the other one, but yeah, it didn't really go anywhere. And so, you know, nineties, late nineties, early two thousands, you're still looking at the, you know, the big shoe brands that are, that dominated, you know, I think globe shoes was around. There was getting pretty big too, right? Osiris and, and obviously all the Soltech shoes, DC. And then I think, SB came along and then, you know, big milestone was the Stefan Janoski's, right? And that big game changer. And so, yeah. right. And then now it's just, it's such a huge influence on all the kids that are growing up and skateboarding. I guess what I'm driving at is one of my worries coming more so from the core side. And I'm not sure how really of a good job the core companies did at you know, accomplished or how good of a job they were doing. But it's similar to what Jin was saying, how things have changed in Japan where kids just skate at skate parks now. And it's almost like the, I, I don't know if I'm expressing myself properly, but like skateboarding to me is the free flowing street skateboarding, no real boundaries or rules the corporate sponsorship side of things, because there's a lot of corporate sponsorship in street league and the Olympics and, you know, apparel brands or what have you. It's almost like you have big sponsorship being associated more with park skateboarding. I know that's not entirely true, but the feeling that I get is, you know, you have a generation of kids that are now growing up associating Nike SB with sponsoring you know, all these big skateboard competitions and skateboard competitions being, I mean, competitions are what they are, but to, to me, they're, they've never been something that, you know, I was always pictured myself. If I was a pro skateboarder, would I be skating in competitions? I would like to think no, although I do recognize and realize that it pays the bills a lot of times. And so, you know, I'm not faulting anyone for, for skating in competitions and the street league stuff is just insane. Like, you know, the, the fact that they have that going on. But I almost want to make sure, at least for the newer generation of kids that are coming up, and it looks like it's in pretty good hands. I mean, you look at all the footage, right? That, that kids are still skating in the streets. It's not like there's, they're not, but it always worries me, like this, the corporate direction of where they feel skateboarding fits or where you should be skateboarding. And, you know, if that ever ends up happening, we're mostly or all of skateboarding takes place in skate parks again that's something i don't think i could live with 
Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's all a phase or to quote the Lion King, a circle of life kind of thing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) True. Yeah, true. I mean, you start, it grows and so on. And then whatever, maybe it gets abused or fully like drained in terms of all the money and everything. And if it does blow up and everybody pulls out, you still have the quote unquote core people doing what you love, right? And I think... I don't know. It's unfortunate, but in the end, it doesn't really matter like what and where it goes because in the end, it will still be there for the people who still know or love it for what it is. Yeah. And I, I do think like, like I, I really believe that, um, you know, the, the, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but for me, like I always identified with deck brands and you see like the number of brands that are, have been born out of, corporate money right and the type of skating that they promote like like look at like and again like this is kind of an assumption on my part because i don't know where these people got their money or how they got their start or whatever but but you've got like polar and um you know pontus skated for carhartt and cons right you've got like 917 funded i would assume through nike money you know you've got like i don't know i can't i can't think of any more off the top of my head but you got brands like that where you know they are like important cultural forces right in terms of the type of skating that they promote through their videos and everything and those are brands that i could be wrong but i think they wouldn't exist if it weren't for corporate footwear being involved in skateboarding right and that's kind of a i think that's an important part of of the equation right like and and i think that maybe not that they're like i i don't know I, I'm not trying to say there isn't a place for like a, a I, don't, I don't even know if you can say independent, but um, you know, like a non major sports label shoe company, if they can make good product and promote good skating and, you know, do things for the community, then like, a, it just doesn't matter that much to me what brand it is in terms of the footwear. And I, like, I, I do think that, you know, when you look at a brand like Nike and the team that they had, especially like, I don't, I don't really give a shit about the Nike team as much now, but when SB started, like you look at the riders that they picked up and again, like you've got Nike money getting thrown around so they could kind of cherry pick whoever they wanted. Right. But the fact that they picked up people like Todd Jordan, you know, like that's pretty amazing because he's not a guy who is out there, winning contests or on the cover of every magazine or doing the gnarliest handrail or whatever. Like Todd Jordan's a guy who like skates with a whole lot of style, you know, and, and that's what he contributes. Right. And I don't know, like I find that interesting and, and I do find like, like I look at that team and the people that they've promoted over the years and the platforms that they've given to, to certain people. I think that's, that's pretty rad. I recently watched the uh, traffic video that just came out and yeah, it's, I mean, traffic's awesome. Uh, And there was an accompanying piece on Thrasher. I think Ricky Oyola and a bunch of other people were interviewed. And one thing stuck out and they were talking about how, if you're lucky enough to be the one percenters in the skate industry, you know, with the big contracts and you can kind of not worry about where your next paycheck is coming from. But for a lot of the blue collar skaters, I guess, you know, on the, the, the traffic team, 
they work nine to five jobs and try to find time outside of that to skate no different than you or I, or, you know, anyone else that's sort of had to grow up and yeah. find a way to make a living. And so, you know, this is coming to mind right now, but I know there's, there has been quite a bit of, and maybe I'm focusing too much on slap message boards and, you know, other comments that are made online by, by people who obviously care a lot about skating, but sometimes maybe have a misguided uh, or, um, reaction or interpretation to it. Like, you know, for example, when uh, Mark Johnson in day one, you know, hopped onto uh, Adidas or got picked up by Adidas, it's like, you know, super happy for them for sure. I don't fault them at all for doing this, but there were other, you know, comments that I've seen in the, in the past where it's like, oh, fucking sell out. You know, like, it's like, for me, I was asking the question, like, how could you fault someone for A, being an amazing skateboarder? And, you know, they're doing what they can to, make sure that they can skate for the longest time that they can skate, obviously from a financial standpoint, making sure that they have a solid retirement. So I'm not sure that that's selling out because of everything that they've given to skateboarding. So I just, I guess what I'm saying is it just kind of came to mind. I, I take, I really take issue, I think with the sort of misguided comments or, you know, taking the stance that, Oh, you know, these, these skaters have sold out just because they're, you know, sponsored by big corporate companies. You know, to me, yeah, and I, you know, so they're still skating and they're still contributing. It doesn't matter who's paying the bill, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, that, that's what I was going to say. Like, I think the other side to that that people kind of don't talk about is like, regardless of who you skateboard for or who you skate for, you're getting paid to skate exclusively that product, right? Which may or may not be any better or any more valuable to the culture than any other product, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and with girl chocolate and correct me if I'm wrong, cause like I said, like, I don't know much about this stuff, but, but I have heard that girl was one of the brands that had one line of product that they skated themselves. And then like a far lesser line of product that they actually sold to consumers. Right. Um, like that's fucked up and that's shitty business. Like that's, you know, that's the kind of stuff that people are worried about when they're talking about like corporate involvement in skateboarding right you've got this this company that's supposedly like you know one of the 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 legit companies in the industry and and like the cultural force with all their videos and everything like that and they're just mm-hmm. fucking over their consumer right? like i don't know yeah I, I read about that too but of course it's not like a journal publication or anything so yeah <laughs> don't know how true or not true it is. Um, but another thing that I was thinking about, and this too, I read in terms of soul tech, for example, being core, you know, and skater and whatnot, like in terms of how they treated skate stores and basically they didn't stand by the skate stores or skate shops. And in the end, they basically sold their shoes to other like bigger stores where the prices were undercutting the skate shops. So basically they're selling to everybody, but then by selling in bulk to these other bigger places, they drove business out of the skate shops and I guess run them down in a sense, right? So from right. that perspective, skate shops are like, come on, Soltech, you know, what are you doing? You're screwing us over. You're not even standing by us and so on. So like, who's really core, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's chasing yeah. the money? <laughs> yeah. This comment always like stuck with me because when I was setting up, my company 
I was talking to a sales rep for, he, he was working with a couple different wood shops and we were talking about, it was right around the same time. So this guy, he was, he was repping for these wood shops. He was also repping for Zoo York right around the time that they got sold to Echo. We were talking about like, about this issue, about like being core, right. And, and about like being true to, to skating and stuff. And, and, and he made this comment and when he said it, I totally took it as bullshit. Like I was like, this guy's trying to sell me product. Um, you know, like this is, he's just blowing smoke up my ass, like whatever. But, um, but he, we were talking about it and he, he was like, well, what, like, what is core anyway? Like core is guys like you guys who are, you know, you're doing something yourself and you're supporting people, you know, and, and, and when he said it to me, like, I, I didn't take it in at all. Cause I was like, this guy wants me to buy boards through him so that he gets a commission, right? Like he's trying to talk me up so that I'll go with this wood shop. But then like reflecting on it later, whether he meant it or not, it, it kind of is true, right? Like the, the core things, if you want to look at it as what core supposedly means are the people who are out there who are doing it for themselves, right? Like when we were doing our company, we had no hopes of making money. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a business venture. It was like a hobby. Like we, me and the other guy who started it both had other sort of career objectives in mind. And um, the, it was not like a, like a business plan. It was just something we thought would be fun to do. And, and we used it as kind of this way of, of supporting people that we knew and that we thought were pretty rad skaters. And, and, you know, like it was just something fun. And then thinking about that down the line, like it's, it's kind of true. Like those are the people who are, you know, we definitely would not have been considered core because we were just like a couple of kids um, ordering stock shapes with kind of mediocre graphics, um, you know, that we would then sell to people we knew. But at the same time, like we weren't trying to, you know, exploit a market opportunity or, you know, produce a certain level of credibility or whatever. Like we were just kind of having fun with it. So in, in certain ways, I've retroactively accepted the compliment, you know, um, but, uh, but in other ways, like, it's just, it's almost like there's no such thing as, as core, which I think, I, I think Sawyer kind of gets at what you were talking about with like, you know, what we're really trying to do is attach some kind of validity to what's essentially just capitalism, right? Yeah, I think that's, again, the, the biggest thing I have trouble with is the apparent hypocrisy at times and self-serving reason of why or, or, you know, branding yourself as core when all your actions that can be clearly demonstrated that you're not, you know, really doing it out of the you know, love for skateboarding. But at the same time, you know, how can I fault anyone for trying to, you know, support their families or, or yeah. make a living? So I don't know if I, <laughs> you know, again, I think a lot of us have, I mean, all of us here, you know, on, on the one side or, or the other, because they're, they're valid discussion points on both sides. I don't know that I can take a side to be, to be honest, because I think there's one big common denominator that I'm hearing of from all of, you know, what are, what we've been saying and, or one of them actually, they're, they're, they're two main ones that, that I sort of jotted down here. Community involvement I think is one big one, right? It's key to, to be able to give back, whether it's in the form of redistributing corporate money that you get as a, as a, you know, professional skateboarder or 
you know, building skate parks or, or helping skate shops out with, you know, events or initiatives. And the other one I think speaks to, you know, what the both of you were saying that no matter how other people or forces try to steer skateboarding in a certain direction, as long as it's us that's doing it, um, it's still up to us. You know, the, the very little kid skateboarder who just has a board and loves going out on their driveway every day to the, you know, old guys like us who still do it, who have no hope in hell of ever getting sponsored, but that's not why we skateboard. We skateboard because we, we, we love it. So I think when skateboarding is void of that, you know, soul and fun and all that, you know, the freedom, I think that's when you really have to, uh, that's where you run into trouble. And as long as that creative, you know, fun aspect is captured and kept growing and everyone can still enjoy it. I think it's just a calling to all of us now, especially as more, uh, you know, consumers that are more aware of how we consume media, uh, how we make choices and, you know, the, the decisions we make to choose and support which companies and, you know, rightfully so ask the questions of how that money is being spent and how it's being redistributed. Cause to me, I think that's the more important thing to, to undercover or understand rather than hopping under, you know, or, or carrying a, a simple banner of saying that you're core because you know, that you, you've, you've been in the game for so long and, you know, big corporations that they're only coming in here to, you know, to grab as big a piece of the pie as they can. And they're all they're in it is for profit. It's like, at the end of the day, it isn't on all companies, you know, designed to turn a profit from a commercial yeah. standpoint, but that doesn't mean that necessarily that they're selling out, right? Like the support by the people that love what they do and to keep the culture going. I think that's, what's important. Yeah. I guess in terms of like core or corporate, what's cool, what's not cool, like take home message here. Maybe it's just my interpretation, but uh, decide for yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, true. Don't uh, don't get totally sucked up in all that bullshit and like, yeah. Like everything else, beyond skateboarding as well. Like, where do you want to spend your money in terms of which company or product and something you want to make sure that they're doing good for the world, right? And environment and so on. So, like, in a, in a similar fashion, decide for yourself and do what you think is right i completely agree and like it's um you know like we like to think of skateboarding as this revolutionary act right and this and something that embodies this revolutionary spirit and and i think because of that it's really appealing to people to reject corporate involvement in the industry right but i think like the truer rebellion or or the the truer act of of revolution is to to constantly burn down whatever exists right and and if if the gatekeepers are indie brands who are you know entrenched in certain visions of what skateboarding is then they deserve to be torn down every bit as much as as a corporation who's there to profit off off the act you know um so i like i think that it's got to be 
kind of what you were saying, like this ongoing process of deciding for yourself what's worthy of your support, you know, supporting that thing and and then being willing to change your mind or your viewpoint if if new information emerges, right? Like if there's a core brand out there or an indie brand out there that's doing a, a better job of supporting the community, then by all means, buy that product, right? Um, and like, don't reject corporate footwear because it's corporate and don't accept, you know, quote unquote, skate brands because they're skate. And at the same time, don't be afraid to, to change your mind, right? to, to reevaluate and to to act accordingly. Can I just say, I really like toy machine blood sucking skateboard company, that, <laughs> that tagline. And I also am a big fan of uh, business and company, the Mark Johnson's new project. I think it's deliberate, obviously in, in the, in the design, but the, you know, just the, the irony and, and everything that, <laughs> that goes along with some of the short videos and the ads and everything. I'm a big fan of of that because it does call into question a whole like everything that we've been talking about pretty much yeah and i hope it's not lost on you know people uh the the you know how genius it is but yeah i i think the brilliant thing about those companies in particular is how they attack themselves and their supporters at the same time yeah. as as everyone else right and uh yeah I, like I, I think that's important to kind of to look inward and to acknowledge like whatever, whatever choice we're making, it's a, it's a choice that's conditioned by the marketing and the, the industry trends and everything else. And it's um, if you're spending money on it and like, if you're, you're using your purchasing power to support something and whatever it is, it's, it's something that's, you know, the people who own that thing are benefiting from it more than you are by supporting it. I mean, maybe that's a nice segue into uh, mentioning or announcing our launch of our core new skateboard brand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disappoint, just yeah. joking. <laughs> I think in true capitalist fashion, I'm just gonna buy whatever seems to be the best, but also costs me the least, you know? So. <laughs> Maximize. <laughs> Yeah. Maximization <laughs> of your liquids. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I think we all do. Oh, I do that too. Like subconsciously, I would say now it's more like function over fashion, you know? Yeah. yeah. What, what will work longer for a certain amount? Yeah. But I, I, I'm really with you there in terms of like boards, like hardware, really trying to be selective about that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Although I, think, I, I skate blanks, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, so it's funny, right? Cause I just got blanks too. And I don't know, I got a little spoiled, I think from running my own thing for a little while. Like I just, I always want to see my own artwork on the bottom of my board now. And it's like, like I was saying before, like you're either driven by, by profit or ego. Right. So, you know, but um, I didn't know much about wood shops when I was younger, I knew there were different ones and I knew like some were better than others, but I didn't really know much about it. And, and I still don't, but reading more, um, you know, after, you know, after working with a couple and after reading more about like the different brands that are out there and things like that, I was happy to find blanks 
from a wood shop that seemed to be, you know, like one that, that is, you know, worth the money, right? Like, like kind of buying boards that I think are, are a quality product, but also give me that space for my own self-expression, things like that. But, yeah, for sure. I mean, in a sense, maybe we're the biggest sellouts, right? Yeah. Skating blanks <laughs> and corporate shoes. What? <laughs> I know. But are, so are we, or are we just sidestepping all of the, the, the industry machines, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, cause I, and, and I, like I, most of my skateboard purchases over the years have been influenced by the team more than anything else. Right. And again, like these are people that they've paid to promote a product that may or may not be any good. Right. And I'm, I'm basing my decision almost entirely on that. As I did so, with iPath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're just, yeah. we're liberating ourselves. I think that's how I'm going to view it. I've liberated myself yeah. from the capitalist machine. Right. <laughs> and we're supporting wood shops. Yeah. Which are the blue collar people, right? <laughs> Those are the people making the boards. Exactly. They're the ones who deserve the money. Exactly. So, <laughs> I did want to throw in a self-disclaimer um, just in terms of not being an expert in anything. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. I know, I, I know literally nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we need to put that in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> expert of none. <laughs> I think this has been a good, good discussion. I'm just reading through our notes right now and kind of like, just that last essence of skating and fun, selling fun. We're in the business of selling fun. I guess it, yeah, the takeaway is it's up to us. If we think that we, uh, sometimes we think that we're more powerless than anything, but I think a lot of the power, actually all the power resides in us as a consumer, right? Especially now, the older that we get, you know, making the choice of how we spend that money and who we support, I think is very important. So, All right. <laughs> Cool. All right. Thanks, guys.